I'd like to propose a toast. Hello and welcome to Before Brunch. I'm Megan Cassidy. And I'm Cassie Delaney. And we are your irregular (laughs) Saturday morning podcast. We go live on Saturday mornings at 7am and we discuss our feelings. I'm I'm taking your... (laughs) your line now <laughs> no you always say and we discuss no I don't we are your weekly celebrity pop culture arts and social issues podcast oh yes heavy on the social issues and we talk light about- on the weekly <laughs> gorgeous and we talk about the things that you usually talk to your friends about before you go to brunch or at brunch um when brunch was a thing brunch is a thing again I get in a lot of trouble about the stuff I say on this podcast Generally, I had a really sobering moment this week when an aunt came to visit me and said she listens. I kind of realized anyone can listen. Yeah. And people do listen. They do. A lot of people listen, um, which is good because I feel like we do connect with our target audience. It's just that I want the target audience to be people I don't know. Some people I know try to have conversations about stuff they say you know I didn't know you felt like that and I was like I didn't until I sat down to record the podcast and you know I really appreciate most of my friends don't listen to it that's really nice of them I actually know it's love not it. for them it's not for them and no that's it's fine. not for them yeah um, it's like the way that you don't enjoy listening to any of my other programs oh my goodness it's not for you it's fine it's not that it's not for me <laughs> not that into podcasts I'm a genuine like we've talked about this last week and I suppose it ties in with what we're talking today talking about today which is friendship I'm quite an unsupportive friend no you're not I would no I totally question that Mm. you are you are probably my most supportive friend is that is that sad um I would have to I like that is definitely sad because I'm so bad and I'm renowned for being bad like I don't remember birthdays I don't But you're, they're not important I don't know when your birthday is I couldn't even but give I you like a time of the you, year for yours Oh like, you know you do it's 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 mine is around Christmas time and yours is summer Ish, no. pre-summer. Late summer and don't you take that away from me Okay it's late summer Well it's actually it's September yeah, see, I knew that. We're, we're actually pretty close. September and December. Our star uh, yeah, signs I would have said October for you. I, yeah, no, I can't. I do support you in things like what, whatever is going on with your work and stuff that can positively benefit me yeah. down the line. <laughs> I'm there. And that's totally fine. I want to be the first person who gives you flowers. So when it comes you did, to hiring you did. a CEO, I'm you're there. You're there and you're top of my list. And you did. You walked in with a bottle, of, a bottle of Prosecco and a bunch of flowers and it was gorgeous. It was moving. Yeah. And I appreciate the honesty of it being pocketing a favor. but An investment I, yeah. in my future. Yeah. No, gorgeous. That's not true. But there are some friendships that are very transactional. And I, in recent years have become very okay with that and kind of compartmentalizing friendships ours is not transactional and no. those flares came from a genuine place but do consider me when the time comes yeah no I absolutely will um because there's that level of honesty there that I know that yeah. I wouldn't get with other people <laughs> yeah 
I think that's interesting because just, like when you make friends in your adult life, you know, you make them through work. Mm. So there is always going to be that connection. There is that kind of like leaning on each other for support, especially when you go on to different jobs and different roles. That is building your network. And sometimes it's hard to distinguish between, you know, what is that kind of transactional friendship and what is, you know, who are my who are my friends that I'm going to call and talk to about when I'm having problems or I'm feeling down or I'm stressed and who are the friends who only want to be around when times are good because you know Cassie Mm. pays for all the drinks sometimes Mm -hmm. but generous friend but I think that I think that you can get to a place of really really good genuine friendship in your adult life Um, through new friends yeah oh I think even more so than childhood friends yeah for me at this point because you're usually... Is this the section now where we're just going to slate old friends? Our old friends. Yeah, you see, these episodes are really tricky because it's so easy to offend someone. Well, here's the thing I think about friends that you've had from your childhood. My two best friends are friends I grew up with and went to school with. My best friend in, in the world, Shmadi, I've known her since we were four. We were in primary school and secondary school together. And she is... like an unbelievable friend does she know the ins and outs of every business decision I make absolutely not does she need to no we have the best time together and sometimes we don't sit down and talk about the big conversations and the milestones but I know I can she's always there for me like regardless of what happens and I think when you're growing up and you have that big group of friends Mm. you know in school maybe there's like you know we had a whatsapp group of what like 10 people or whatever you know and most people have that kind of crew and a lot of people in Ireland stick to that because they're your hometown friends and when you think about it you make those friends based purely on things like interests when you're children or your location or the proximity like literally the proximity of them to your your house and so as you grow up and you become the kind of person you're supposed to be it's very hard that that will be aligned with those people who are friends by convenience when you're children mm. so if you can ha- if you hang on to those friends and obviously the the numbers dwindle and um my friend group from home certainly got smaller and smaller as as we went on in life but I think that means more mm. that you're kind of saying you know you have those friends where you're so different but there's still something you really value in the friendship and you know each other really really well and sometimes like the shared experience of growing up and knowing your background is the kind of glue that holds you together as a friend more yeah. than like, you know, I wouldn't sit down with, with my, I would, I do sit down and have great conversations with my friends from home, but you wouldn't sit down and, and talk through like every single ambition I have for the future or like the ins and outs of what I do and work or, yeah. you know, how things work. But mm. I would sit down with you and have those kind of conversations because our friendship came from working the same industry and we understand our motivations and our ambitions and and what it takes to get there and it's kind of what is the definition of friendship it's just someone to share life with yeah and because they're the only people that know that part of you it allows you to kind of shed anything that you've accumulated over the years uh, and just go back to the very kernel of who you are nearly and I find myself having really deep conversations with people from home because the small talk doesn't really work. You can't talk about 
you know, uh, some banal situation that's happened in the office. And because you don't catch up as often, the conversations usually tend to go deeper, I feel. Yeah, they have to, I guess. Yeah. But when you're talking about that huge group of girls, like I used to feel really bad that I didn't have a huge group of girls anymore because I had one in secondary school that I kind of just totally drifted away from. Um, and then there have been other groups through the years, like in college and then renting, that I've been part of and then really taken myself out of. Yeah. And I've only realized in recent years that I'm so happy with not being part of a huge group because it's not it's a situation not you. that and I, I enjoy. It's the exact same. I don't have a massive WhatsApp group. Our mm. friend group from school, we were in a mixed school, so it was it was mixed and um, it was really nice. And every now and then, you know, we might get together and there's weddings and stuff and it's fun, but they're not like that group. I wouldn't participate in the in the WhatsApp group anymore, anything like that. And I was the same. Yeah. Navigating through f- kind of first jobs and early stages in their career when you hear of people going out or like going on these big holidays with all their gals yeah. from home or like a hen party or like something where they're going to know everybody and there's like 10, 12 of them. I always did feel like why, you know, I mean, a lot of it I put down to going to a mixed school and having a very like mixed group of friends. Mm. But, you know, even the, say, six, seven, eight of us that that were girls, why we couldn't maintain that friendship. And I realized that, like, even as the world starts to open up and people are booking dinners and, like, all this, you know, there were, like, 15 people considered a table again. I was like, I'd be really hard pushed to find a group of 15 (laughs) people. Like, I'd have to be someone's plus one to be at a group of 15 people. Yeah, or you'd be, like, patching groups together. Yeah, and I was like, well, they get on. I'd literally have 14 individual friends that I'd be introducing to each other for the first time. Yeah, But that is the thing that I, that is, I think the way that I build friends I have a I do have a lot of friends but I don't have a friend group I have like my really good friend Sarah Griffin who I go meet up the mountains for a walk and I adore her and we have really good conversations you know I have my friend Harry who have made through um podcasting from Waterford you Harry know. Hutchinson yeah oh I'm gonna meet him later and it's just one-on-one and that's that's just how I find friendship Mo- like my most bopping WhatsApp group, my mo- busiest WhatsApp group is probably the WhatsApp group that we're in with three of us. I know that's one of my most uh, favorite WhatsApp groups also. I'm similar in that Although I've always... Although you did just say when before we who's said, Kira. here's Kira. Like through primary school, I always would pick one friend, not that I pick a friend, but that I would gravitate towards one person and me and that one person would be just obsessed with each other. And we would sit alone in the yard watching everyone else or I would always be in that person's house and that person would always be in my house. And now when I think back to some of the people that I went through phases with, it's so random. We would like walk past each other on the street now and not say hello. Yet we were so close for months. And that's always been my pattern. Sometimes that like hole is filled by my sisters. Yeah. I think family, you know, sisters that are the same age with really similar interests. Sometimes I struggle to to go outside of them for anything. Yeah, because that's just the way I am. Or like a partner. When I first started going out with Aiden, I'm that horrible person who didn't talk to anyone else because I only need one person. You did disappear for like a solid year. Yeah, I totally disappear. But that's just the way I've always been. And I remember one time we were backstage at a show I was in and in a show, there's always a huge gang of people that kind of socialize together at lunch or whatever. And one of the actors said to me, God, when when there's a huge group of people and a large conversation, you always back away or leave the room. Yeah. 
And I was like, I never knew that about myself. And he was like, yeah, you don't speak when there's a large group. You actually physically withdraw and then you find a way to leave. And then as after he said it, I realized, yeah, I do do that. Yeah, I think this is this is exactly why I was a smoker for so many years. Yeah. Because if there was ever a group situation, there was always an excuse to go outside and leave mm. the room. And you generally find one or two people out there and then they were your they were yeah. your crew. I think that there's so much like the 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 kind of the narrative around female friendship is pushed to be the gang. Yeah. It is the crew. It's the, you know, the Sex and the City, you know, quartet. It's the there has to be this balance of you. And it's difficult then because you do struggle when you get to a certain age and you're like, I don't have that group. I don't have people like my if I were to get married, my hen party would literally be three people four people and isn't that lovely it's fine yeah it's fine but also because I know that my the friends that I have that are individual based would also not like to come to a big hen party a big ensemble gathering but those are the moments that kind of pressure you into feeling like you need a big gang because you start visualizing what would my hen party look like who will my bridesmaids be but and it's these like social constructs that we've created that make us feel like I need someone to go out with on a Saturday night yeah or I need um, when when you actually kind of look at y- what gives you energy as a person, there's so many different personality types. Being with loads of people doesn't energize me. Yeah, having loads of friends and active conversations at one go wrecks my head. I can't. I don't have enough to give to people because I really like giving so much to the person I'm talking to. Yeah, I suppose I'm just a complete introvert. Yeah, same. Like the idea of being at any sort of large gathering fills me with anxiety before I go like I really I don't look forward to going to weddings I get really nervous about it like nervous about like who are the other eight people that are going to be at the table yeah like all of those kind of small things if I'm going to a wedding where the person I'm with is involved in the bridal party and I'm going to be like sitting at the table on my own then that's like yeah, I don't want to go, you know, yeah. to be honest. that So, yeah, I think that that's fine. But and I think we're both to- total introverts. Like if I was at a party, or I was in a gathering where there was people, I would find one person. I would generally stick with them Me and too. talk to them for the night. Yeah. But do you ever is it like I've been thinking a lot recently, I suppose, about loneliness and like I, I don't feel lonely. I think it's been highlighted at the moment because everyone's talking about booking things and going back out. And like I made one booking for me and my friend Aoife and then I was like well that's that's me done done. like yeah that's fine but I um I have realized recently that I find it as though I have loads of like friends individual friends sometimes I do find it hard to reach out to people and say I'm having a tough time and I think sometimes if you had a group maybe that would be easier or if I like you know close friends from home are busy I do have moments where I feel Mm. lonely but I I don't think I'm a lonely person no and and isn't that's the life experience there should be moments where you feel lonely because then you enjoy the moments where you feel connected yeah but I I feel loneliest when because I've had so many different um phases of my adult life whereby you know I was a dance teacher and then I was in shows and then I was a singer and then I went into media I have these pockets of people that I would have spent a lot of time with um who still meet up and might not invite me do you know what I mean because they're all still 
dancing together or still in shows together or still doing whatever it was that we were doing at that time and I might just be flicking through Instagram I'll see them all together and I'll get this pang of I miss them yeah yeah why am I not part of that gang anymore yeah I felt that too when I left my when I left the job I had before I started Tall Tales because I had a really good group of group of friends there it was like a college project there was loads of us around the same age and we all got on really really well Mm. and a lot of us left at the same time and moved to different countries but I did see my like two very good friends then hanging out with say the person who joined the team after I did and another person and I was like oh I've I've been replaced yeah and like that was there was a moments of like real FOMO but then also that's just life like and I didn't have you you know how it is when you make friends in a job it's generally you roll out of work on a Friday and you go into the pub and then they become the people you spend loads of time with and they do become really really good friends like you know some of my my best friends in adult life I made in that job um but that was difficult like what helps me is taking responsibility for it so you know in my 20s I used to feel kind of victimized by it why don't they like me the way they like each other or but now that I can take responsibility because I can step back and say well do you know what I've put no effort in with any of those people yeah why would I expect to be invited this is a choice I made do I regret that choice no not really because it would have looked very different had I invested everything into being friends with all those people. Yeah. And they, they're they usually, you know, it's it's easy for them to stay connected when they're still working together or, you know, naturally just brought together by daily life. Um, I fill my free time with quiet time. That's just what I do. I, yeah. I fill my free time with books. I do plan to meet people maybe once every two weeks. Like my calendar is like, I'm going for a walk with an old work friend on the 25th of July. Like it's not spontaneous and it's not, I'm not meeting three people this weekend. Yeah. I've chosen to fill my free time differently because being on my own energizes me. Yeah. And also you need to connect in with, yeah, I suppose you have to have the kind of like wellness plan of what you need to do at the weekend to keep you going and give you the energy for the week ahead yeah. I'm lucky in here that like Fergal and Amelia who work here I just adore and they're, I, they're, they're friends. my friends they, too they are your friends and like so I do have that like the kind of those touch points during the week of like that feels like real friendship we really get on with each other and that brings me that joy but at the weekend I spend it entirely with my family like yeah. always I go for a cycle and people think this is really sad I go for a cycle with my mom and dad on a Saturday mm. love that and then on um I spend some time with my my brother Mikey who is I'm not going to say my favorite sibling but like he's up there um he and his his girlfriend Becca are moving to London soon so I'm like banking time with them as well mm. um but also I find like more and that this is the same with you and your sisters like the people I contact most now during the week are my my brothers yeah and that's lovely and you're so lucky to have that there's so many people that don't have it and it's effortlessness and I think that's one of the key cornerstones of friendship is effortlessness and that's why on a Thursday night if I want to go to the cinema like the creep life or the creep life which happens every Thursday night Mm -hmm. which you've been to yeah yeah I actually have been to the creep life one time I did pop in yeah and then I popped out but I couldn't believe the numbers. Thank you. It's so popular. Um, 
but I will text my sisters and say, does anyone want to go to the cinema? If they're not available, I just won't go. (laughs) (laughs) I want something effortless, do you know? Yeah. Um, And then there's a time for the kind of friendship or meetup that's like, let's share our lives and bolster each other and leave feeling energized and refreshed. And I have to build myself up for those meetups. Do you, would you build yourself up now for when like we go for... A drink. No, I find you completely effortless. Great. Because I feel like you know me inside. You see all the terrible. I just tell you everything terrible about my life to the point where maybe I'm a bit too negative with you that I don't know. I feel very comfortable to say to you here, this is all the shit that's happening to me now. Um, I find you very effortless. But there... Here is a lot of work. Kira Knight, huge amount of work. Yeah. It's a lot of build up for that. Yeah. No, that's not fair. But um, there are people that are not effortless, but it's no, it's not a negative thing. It's just... No, sometimes you just have to psych yourself up and be like, what am I going to talk about? Well, you want to be a good friend as well. And you, like, you want to, I don't know, it's... You want to make sure that the the meetup, and maybe this is overthinking and this is the problem, but that it's like good for everyone and yeah. beneficial to everyone and that you're listening enough and that you're asking enough questions that you know enough about their lives, which is a huge problem for me, trying to remember details of people's where lives. people are at. Yeah. But I don't expect anyone to know where I'm at. No. Do you know, but I have this expectation of myself that I need to know every detail. I need to remember their mother's name and their aunt's name. And of their, course you don't before need to remember I meet their parents' up. names. I meet them up. Yeah, but those are the things that... You just say, how's your mom? Yes. Unless their mother's dead. That's what you have to remember. Is whether See, their there parents you are go. alive or dead. Yeah, and that could be... Um, when do you think you become... Like, I think... I In my head, the moment we became friends was a lecture picnic. When we 100%. Were sent, when we were sent down to do something together and we had such a laugh. And I think a lot of people become friends through trauma. Yeah, because that was traumatic. But yeah. also, that was the start of... And this is completely on you. You used to have one drink and be like, come here and I'll tell you a secret. Yeah, I would. And I was like, oh my God, I love this giddy. I'm going to have a sip of a drink now and tell you my deepest, darkest secrets because we're not drunk, but this is just the, this is the transaction we've, we've agreed with. So we became very close, but, and we were in the kind of, we were in a role where we had, there was a lot of drinking. So there's lots yeah. of touch points and lots of moments where you become friends with someone. And I think when you be, I think the moment you become friends with someone in adult life is when you share something and maybe a little yeah. bit personal or like you share a laugh or you, you have a kind of a similar experience. Yeah. So if you're working in an office, that can be really tricky. Mm. And then if you're not a drinker, you don't feel comfortable doing that. Or if you go to the pub and you overshare, clawing that back is sometimes really, really difficult. Yeah. It's like, when do you... When do you become friends with somebody? What is the moment where it goes from like a casual acquaintance to, oh, we're friends now? Like, it depends on how you define friendship. But I do think you can get on with someone and have lots in common and go for drinks very often because it's handy because you work together and, you know, it's socially suits everyone um, and have nice conversations. But then there's something like say when we worked together we were all friends at the table but you just get a buzz with someone and you you make eye contact at a moment and you're like okay we're actually on the same buzz and then I think when you have like it often I think unfortunately friendships are forged 
out of negativity around we both agree that we hate the same person or we both agree that this is really annoying or that's really annoying can often forge a friendship and that's just probably being Irish I don't know yeah um nothing bonds a friendship like shared misery just misery and I say that electric picnic was a really intense 48 hours of work and trudging through fields and yeah you know um that was that's bonding but I don't know when you would define it as friendship or like I don't feel like I've ever made an effort with you I just think that like you I couldn't give someone a roadmap on how to make friends no and some of my best friends like uh, Fiona Cummins who you know as well we've been really close for years and neither of us can remember when we met when we started being friends she was the year below me in school we were never friends in school and people ask like how are you friends with Fiona and I don't know and that to me is a real lifetime friendship I think you're one of those as well I have a few of them and the ages vary so much I've um one of my best friends is like 43 yeah and we don't know why we're same clothes yeah like some of my very very good friends that I've made in adulthood now are people I've made through working who you know are are older one of you know my uh, Jen and Sophie like Jen and I are are just we get on like a house on fire so well and she's like 52 and yeah (laughs) she looks so well for it she does yeah but like I'm so much younger than her but like we just get on yeah huge age gap yeah it's funny and I think when you hit a certain threshold like my relationship with my friend who's in her 40s isn't advice it's not that she advises me or she's a mentor figure or anything like that we're just kindred souls yeah and we don't need to make any effort and I don't need to make an effort to try and remember details about her life because I just know do you think that um being an introvert and having that kind of not fear but that like trepidation of going into a group of people has impacted you negatively in life at any point like I think back to say I did a year in new cd and I dropped out and so much of it was because I could not deal with the large groups of people really I didn't have a class I didn't make friends and I found it so lonely because it's not how I operate and a lot of my friends are total extroverts and would go in and they had well a lot of it I think was like you don't have a base class Mm. so there wasn't those there wasn't that like I wasn't seeing the same people every day I was seeing going into a lecture hall of 700 people then going into another lecture hall of 200 people and seeing different faces all the time was really really hard and (gasps) then it's really difficult if you do the comparison thing that like you're seeing your other friends who maybe you know from school going into college and making big groups of friends like when I hear you say that my reaction is mixed because on one hand I'm like you shouldn't have made a decision out of fear or just in in hindsight that's that's so much of what it was it was probably fear but my other instant reaction without thinking too deeply about it is it's okay maybe to be guided by the type of person you are and you've got a short life so why not go with your unique set of like quirks that you're guided by the fact that you don't like gangs or you don't like big groups 
and let yeah. it just sometimes just surrender to it and say, oh, fuck, it's not for me. Yeah. It might be for everyone else and it's just not for me. I and we can equate that with being fearful, but maybe it's actually just listening to your gut. Your, yeah. your gut that's like, no, it's actually I not for me. I think that it would be interesting if at a much younger level, we learned about different personality types and Hugely. so introverts and extroverts because it would really give people guidance moving through school. Yeah. And there was people who were like, when you look back and kind of the school experience, there were people who were always on the peripherals or always a little bit outside of things. And they were probably just deeply introverted. We didn't also, like when we were in secondary school, we didn't have language around anxiety or like social anxiety or OCD or any of these kind of things that probably impact our behaviors. And then you just have like generally the one or two groups in a year and the people who fall outside of that were just weird. They were seen yeah. as weird, but it was, but now it's like they were they were just the people who couldn't break into a group not that they yeah. hadn't anything to offer and because we don't talk about different personality types that hole is kind that space is filled up by this presumption that extroversion is the optimal personality I really don't think it is but then I'm an introvert but, so I'm but, like it's hell to me we think that but don't you wish that you were more outspoken or more like I think in school the more outspoken children are the ones that are celebrated more and I always had this of pain course. of I'm too quiet and quietness is seen as a weak Weakness, loudness is seen as a strength because we don't talk enough about the merits of being quiet which now there are great TED talks about you know how intelligent uh, how important it is to have listeners in the world and quiet yeah. people who observe they're the ones that also affect change as much as the outspoken people but in school because it's not spoken about as you've said we just presume that being social is better yeah. Um. And you know, quiet children should be encouraged to socialize because there's, you know, you fulfill your basic needs through social connection. But also, there should be a, a more well-rounded discussion about being quiet is okay too. Yeah. And I remember being like, when you say, do you have any feel like it ever held you back? I was so fearful as a child about groups and boys I had this fear of boys you got over that though didn't you oh lol (laughs) but my dad used to have to bring me to birthday parties and go to the door and ask does Sophie have a brother and if Sophie had a brother that was at the party I was going home I wasn't going in for no reason we would hand over the present and no thank you and there was a wedding I was at I remember as a child I was a flower girl and before the event my dad now he probably facilitated it a little bit too much had to make sure there was a room at the side of the function hall that I could go to to be alone because I hated the group and the boys and the men but that's so lovely that your dad, dad did that. had that kind of like because yeah. so often like you know my mother is a total extrovert yeah. and you can, it'll take three hours to go down to the shop with her because she'd bump into everybody she knew and stop and have a half hour conversation everybody in knock line knows my mother which is a lovely trait it's beautiful not for me yeah and I think that when I was growing up everyone just thought I was really really shy and they were like oh you're so shy you know but mm. like my face would get so red I would sweat and, and you and, look mad when you're feeling yeah shy. and it wasn't shyness it was stress yeah. and anxiety coursing through my veins yeah it wasn't just I was quiet it was like couldn't speak to people yeah and like you're just constantly put into environments birthday parties other kids and just expected to like yeah 
<laughs> get on with it. And I'm yeah. actually like sweating now nervous thinking now. about it. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm an incredible, I'm nervous too. And my mother's also an extrovert and she fills her time speaking on the phone. Like she gets home from work and she goes outside and picks up the phone. Right. Who can I call to talk to more people? Yeah. And that's so alien to me. But I think it's not helpful either to compartmentalize yourself so much that you start to behave according to how you've identified yourself. Like I'm an introvert or I'm, these labels can be quite damaging as well. And growing up, mum used to do a lot of I'm type A, you're type B, your dad is type B, your sister's type A and like compartmentalizing people. Which, so we can understand each other. So we can understand each other, but it also can be a hindrance because you start to hate your category. Yeah. And, and then you start you to behave in that kind of yeah. binary. Yeah, I've been actually looking at, it's interesting that you mentioned like labels and tags. This is something that I've been looking at and writing a piece about at the moment for Pride and talking about kind of growing up, I always said, you know, it was like, didn't want to be labeled as anything I was like I'm this free-flowing um person especially when it came to my sexuality later in life I was like I don't want to put a label on it I love who I love yeah but recently I've realized more the importance of labels and the importance because when it comes to labels and identity it's not just you know it's not just to like be able to you know for your settings on a dating app or because of forms or whatever when you say to someone like I'm bisexual what you're saying to them is here is a wealth of information about me okay here is a history of experience that I relate to Mm. here is here is what I want you and what I need you to know about me before we get before we get anywhere else Mm. you know and in that regard I think sometimes saying obviously there's nuance in every label and there's 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 different um things especially personality tribes but tribes tribes but to come (laughs) to somebody and say like you know I am an introvert obviously there's a lot of assumptions that are going to be made about your behaviors and your personality type but like what you're saying to them really is here is something that is going to help you. Here is something yeah. that is going to help you understand me. And this is the thing that I need you and want you to know about me so mm. that, you know, my behavior isn't questioned or isn't. Yeah. It's true. A label can be used as a tool to understand each other and yeah. understand ourselves. And, you know, while recognizing that people are dynamic and that what you identify as 10 years ago might be completely different to how you identify today. Um, or even circle like within a situation like I might feel introverted in a big work group after work but I might feel very extroverted in a huge group of my family yeah so if we know what the labels are and then recognize that people can kind of move between them dynamically yeah um, at different phases of their lives but understanding what a label maybe means and as you're saying what the history behind that identification is and how we've arrived at identifying it as this that's definitely helpful as well and I wish I had known in college or whatever that I was an introvert and that that was okay and that that's why I wasn't thriving in groups rather than some sort of undiagnosed weakness of why am yeah. I not as strong or as loud or as because we just we totally conflate strength with yeah social I, I, like your social capital is important as well of and course your connections it is. and your network yeah because that's you it's you're right in that like everything we work towards and everything we've built has been with 
extroverts in mind because yeah. it is the optimum personality that loud person the person you bring to a party is going to be very funny you know standing up in meetings and being able to just talk about stuff being the person who can do the presentation being the life and soul of the party is yeah. the way the world is designed and we have to I suppose it, it's very difficult when you're outside of that and you're not the per- you're the person who sweats giving a presentation yeah because that can feel like a failure but the but funny it's not. thing is you and I are both very good at presenting or I love a scenario where I where there's kind of allocated time to speak that's my comfort zone where if I have to do a 15 minute presentation you're not talking I'm so to other comfortable people. you're just talking yeah. on your own because we don't have to relate like you know it's a performance and you're a great presenter as well I start getting more nervous when the chat opens up and we're all just brainstorming I withdraw yeah but I think that's because it's like you said, there's places where you feel comfortable. Yeah. And that's different. But I also did so much training with the with a professional pure person at the early at the start of my career with Stillwater Communications to be able to do that. It's all coming out now. I did. I had to. Never and knew I, that. I was filmed, watched it back. I used to like I used to like tears would form in my eyes when I was had to present something because really? I was so nervous and I learned all the tricks and even recently I've been doing a lot of pr- presenting stuff and pitching for um for Outcaster and again we went through a few kind of workshops and classes of this and Fergal who works here is um a trained opera singer and has done breathing exercises yeah. and all those things and it's about hiding the tells mm. and making sure that you're wearing something where no one can see your sweat and like yeah. doing the breathing before you go on that at least if your heart's pounding your voice sounds okay and they're just yeah. like little tricks that I've had to employ because deep down I'm still a bag of nerves and isn't that like inherently flawed in itself that we have to pretend to be confident in order to come across as competent yeah. when there's such different skills and I've learned so many times that the best interviewers are often the worst employees and the people that are there that are not well presented and actually struggle to present themselves in an interview or to present to a group of people are often some of the most intelligent, earnest, hardworking yeah. people. But unfortunately, the way the world is set up, as you said, it's like a game where you only get to level two if you're an extrovert. Yeah. Or you can pretend to be an extrovert. And we've both learned how to pretend to be really confident. And that's a skill that I've definitely... you We learn it to the point where we can actually make a show of ourselves in a social situation because we won't stop talking because we've learned... I need to overshare in order to be accepted or yeah. I need to keep talking to be an interesting person. Anyway. Okay. It's been a great episode. I've really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoy these ones where we don't have laptops and notes. I think that's a direct hit on me. No, it's not. It's me. I didn't even bring in my laptop. Usually I sit here with my laptop in case we have to reference something when we do the... We sh- we will do a pop culture one next week. We will. We will. There hasn't been much going on. I mean, we do a lot of the royals. You know, we could have done the name Lilibet and... Don't like it. Um, okay. But I do want to give a particular shout out because you have written a fantastic piece oh. for Rogue for this weekend. That's so supportive. I've never done that for you. No, but I want people to read because I would love to talk to you about this topic. I just, it was so well written. It's so sassy. It's absolutely brilliant talking about second, the second wave of um, stars from Y2K. And it's brilliant. 
Um, I did. I wrote that for Rogue. The, I think it's going out this it's this week, yeah. Sunday. Um, but haven't you noticed? It's it's a great conversation to have because it's so uplifting for everyone. It's this second chapter energy of yeah, you know, p- post forty stardom. It's brilliant. Yeah, and it's it's reclaiming the way that we mistreated stars when they were younger, and then to see them come back and have that like have the moment in the world we live in now. It's like absolutely brilliant and you nailed it it's a great piece well i really appreciate your support what a good friend you thank are thank you megan thank you okay we'll see you maybe next week who knows who knows actually i'm going on a staycation next week so, so the week after it'll probably be the week is that when's the week after that though because i do have my big holiday to waterford you i think we are time. going to waterford on the august fine holiday okay so we've plenty of time a lot of time okay see you then bye, bye.